This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good Thursday morning to you. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White. On this week's show, we'll speak with Ambassador Tom Lindenberger about the growing sport of pickleball. We'll also talk with Valerie Smith about marksmanship competitions, three-gun, pistol shoot, and other rifle events in Mississippi. If you've ever been to one of Mississippi State Parks, you may have seen a short metal pole with some chains hanging off of it. If you thought, what is that about? Well, that's for disc golf. Larry Yulman will talk with us about the sport here in the state of Mississippi live in the studio. It's MPB Season Pass coming up next on Think Radio after the news from NPR. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the estate of Joan B. Crock, whose bequest serves as an enduring investment in the future of public radio and seeks to help NPR be the model for high-quality journalism in the 21st century. And the listeners who support this NPR station. Welcome back. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you for listening on this Thursday morning. We love you to subscribe to our podcast, the MPB Season Pass podcast. Go to mpbonline.org forward slash season pass. There's a purple button there that says subscribe. If you click it, that'll get you started uh, having season pass at your fingertips uh, whenever you like. There's also... Plenty of audio on demand on our website, mpbonline.org, not just for season pass, but for any and all of the local shows that you hear on MPB Think Radio. Coming up today, we'll speak with Valerie Smith about marksmanship competitions here in the state of Mississippi, three-gun, pistol shoot, and uh, rifle events. And uh, also later on, we'll uh, talk about upcoming disc golf competitions from one of the organizers, Larry Yulman, who we uh, know very well here inside the building. And um, that's uh, going to be a lot of fun. And plus, I, I have a that <laughs> I looked again. I'm unpaid. Um, unpaid advertisement right here. I'm a subscriber to newspapers.com and it has Clarion Ledger newspaper archives back to the 1800s. And so um, one of the things that I love the most is to look at what the news was on this date, how many ever so years ago. And so I, I, I looked up today's sports headlines from 50 years ago today, 1967, my math is right, Liz, right? Okay. And so, <laughs> and uh, the big hubbub was a, a college football rule change uh, for punts where the the offensive linemen on a punt have to wait 
until the ball is kicked past the line of scrimmage before they could all go down and kill the returner. And I'm sure a lot of the punters are quite happy with that new rule change. <laughs> right. Oh, there was much uh, consternation and gnashing of teeth about that punting rule back in 1967. But first, uh, we are so glad to have Tom Lindenberger and Rhett Matthews. We're talking about pickleball here in the state of Mississippi. And uh, it's so good to have you guys on. Uh, Tom, Rhett, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, let me start. I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys coming up from the Gulf Coast this morning. Exactly. Uh, making the ride. That's very nice of you. Uh, Tom, let's start with if folks don't know about pickleball, um, they'll, they might search a video and see that it is a probably looks like a combination of a lot of sports that they're very familiar with. But uh, it is it is a very specific skill. And I'm excited. I, actually, I, I do want to play. It looks like I would be terrible, but I would be I would have a lot of fun being terrible. That's but uh, tell us, if you will, just uh, a little bit about pickleball, how you got involved and in a little bit of the origins of it here in Mississippi. Uh I've been playing for about two and a half years. I started in December 2014. And what happened, uh, a a cousin um, was playing pickleball. He used to be a big tennis player, as well as a good friend, both from out of state. And it kind of piqued my interest. Uh, So we we found somebody on the coast that was um, playing at a senior senior center in D'Iberville, and she taught us the game, um, my wife and I, as well as uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And then we found out one time we uh, went on the local paper and put a sound off in and say, hey, does anybody play pickleball on the coast? And lo and behold, there were some folks from uh, Pass Christiane. Uh, there was about 30 folks over there. So we went over and played with them a little. And we thought, well, this is a bit to drive. So let's let's see what we can do in Biloxi <laughs> Gulfport. And uh, at our gym, at our, our community gym, they had a pickleball uh, a net and had some paddles. Um, so we said, wow, let's play. So we started that. And um, from that 40, it has grown tremendously. Uh, uh, as an example, on the coast, um, again, in 2015, early, there might have been 30, 35 players. Right now, we have 180 players, and we oh, have wow. a... We have a weekly email that goes out and tells them where to play and what times we're playing. Uh, so it, it, it's, it was just a, a great activity for us. And uh, a lot of our folks are, are senior citizens. We do have some younger people that play with us, uh, but it's a great recreation as well as health benefits for all of us. Yeah, it's it's funny that you, you mentioned that uh, a lot of the players are senior citizens, but not all of them. Uh, the video that I watched that introduced me um, had two guys kind of going back and forth, and it was kind of an exhibition to show people who were being introduced to the sport. And these guys were kind of lobbing it back and forth a little bit each other, and then he was like, at a competition, it might look a little bit more like this. And then they instantly ramped it up, and they were hitting, I mean, laser beams at each other from about 10 feet away. And I'm like, whoa, that escalated quickly. Uh, and, and so that's... I can imagine um, folks getting a little sawed off depending on how play goes. But uh, we have uh, Rhett with us here, Rhett Matthews, uh, who's who's going to give us a little bit more of a player's perspective. So, uh, Rhett, I see um, he he mentioned, uh, I guess a little a little bit of uh, some folks may see a little bit of tennis, maybe a little bit of um, badminton in the in the court, how it's laid out, and and then. Uh, um, some other stuff too. So, what, what are the, the the basic rules? 
Jay, that's uh, that's an open-ended question. There's a lot of rules to yeah, it, but but right. If I could make one correction, my last name is Mitchell. Okay, well, that's no well, thank problem. You. No problem. Uh, Jay, the rules are basically fairly simple. Mm-hmm. Now I come from a tennis background personally, mm-hmm. and I've incorporated the way I play tennis into the game. Other people come from maybe racquetball or badminton, whatever, you know, so we all have a little different technique. But as far as the rules, I think Tom is going to be a little more specific about it. But uh, there are some uh, specific rules for pickleball to extend play. For instance, there's a bounce rule. The ball has to bounce one time on each side of the court before it can be volleyed. And that's to prevent a serve and volley game, which you see in tennis sometimes, or you used to see more than you do now, but just having a serve or serve and then rushing the net and slamming the ball away and the point be over. That extends the play. And as as far as the uh, what you are describing, seeing on the YouTube, uh, pickleball can be a dinking kind of game, which you see a lot, where soft shots are hit just barely over the net, and they uh, hit shots like that until an opening comes. Down on the coast, we don't particularly like that <laughs> we like we like the slam bam game <laughs> right so we go at it you know and uh uh it's just so much fun it, it really is and it's such a social game yeah D- describe for me the the ball and the paddle because it's it, it almost it, it looks like almost how like table tennis plays out but it's on a bigger scale table tennis is very much involved i'm gonna let tom jump into that because i know he's already prepared a little bit of that well that's fine and and um what's happening we are getting into that dinking game soft game because a lot of our players are going to tournaments regional tournaments national tournaments and we find we can't really compete and win unless we improve our game that way um, oh, okay. Strategy. Yeah, so we we are. It's a it's a real good strategy, and uh, but the the um, the racket is is basically twice the size of a ping pong uh, ra- uh, racket yeah. paddle. Uh, it's usually made out of composited material, anywhere from graphite. They could be wood, and the ball is uh, is a um, size of a baseball. It's um, uh, plastic. It's hollow inside, and, and it has holes, and it's like a wiffle ball. Huh. We play with the uh, indoor ball is a little different than the outdoor ball because outdoor, the wind will really pick that thing up and, and, and give yeah. you some real uh, fun in the way you play. Uh, but the court, the court is really the size of a badminton court. It's 20 by 44 feet. And like Rhett said, you know, we, uh, we slow the game down a little that way because it's so close. And you consider each play inside is only uh, 20 by 22 feet. And in that, you have a, a couple of play-in courts, which are only 10 by 15. They're kind of the back courts. And then from the net, seven feet out, you have what we call the kitchen. Uh, or no, no volley zone. And, and in that area, the only time you can hit the ball is if it bounces in there. Yeah. 
And that's what creates the slow game, uh, bouncing and trying to get your competitors to go back and forth and et cetera. Very interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, I love that because it adds a little bit more yeah. uh, strategy to it than just, say, like tennis, for example, where, you know, like, like Rhett mentioned, now it's kind of a game where most of the time it's just two guys or, or, or women standing at the baseline just banging back yeah. and forth. Uh, and that adds a lot of strategy to it, which is very cool. Sure. And, and you serve underhanded in this game. No overhand serves. And that's what's good for a lot of us seniors because a lot of us have had shoulder problems because of sports or knee problems. So this game is a, a lot less impact than, uh, say, racquetball or, or uh, tennis. And for me personally, that will allow me to actually be a player yeah. because I'm awesome at tennis until the serve. And then I hit it to South America. I can't I don't it's I don't know. I got too much baseball in my swing. And see, this game is good for people of all ages. It really got big in retirement communities, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Florida and uh, Nevada, uh, Arizona, California. And uh, and so it, 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 the majority of the players are over 55 currently. Now, you were finding more players of the younger ranks because they're starting to teach it as a PE sport in high schools. Oh, wow. And um, matter of fact, we have some young people that do play with us. Um, so um, it's very popular among the senior population. Yeah, it's a it, it it looks like I mean I haven't played it, but it looks like a fun game. Uh, you know, if 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 younger folks listening are intrigued, I, I would encourage them to find a way to try it. If somebody wanted to get involved somehow or another, uh, how would they do that? Specifically, I know you are amb- an ambassador for the sport on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. If somebody from another part of the state wanted to try to get involved somehow or another, what would be, you think, the best way for them to go about doing that? Probably the best way is to go on to USAPA, which is the Pickleball Association.org, USAPA.org. And then you can go on there, and they will list places to play as an example. So you click on that and come down to the state of Mississippi, and it'll show you where there is scheduled play currently. Uh, those are those folks are usually part of the USPA organization as members, and uh, which is good because we have a lot of visitors and travelers. And before they come down, they say, "Hey, I can play while I'm there," mm-hmm. uh, and um, see where you can play. There's a lot of points of contact on there, who to call, and they're in a number of cities. Um, quite frankly, uh, you have one here in Jackson. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, I know you already mentioned uh, you know, Pass Christian is Pass one right Christiane, there. And then you've got uh, Olive Branch is, is uh, a, a good one. You've got uh, Laurel, uh, Ellisville area. You've got, um, I'm trying to remember them all. I don't know. Oxford. Oxford, exactly. And Tupelo. Tupelo. Uh, Rich, you're doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just about all the regions in the state, basically, except for one of the Delta or something like that. Well, there's a number of them that are are, are starting up that we know of. As an example, they're looking in Ocean Springs. They're looking in Moss Point. They're looking a lot of places on the coast. uh, You're looking at uh, Meridian that wants to start up over in Brandon. As an example, recently, Brandon City Council approved the conversion of uh, tennis courts into pickleball courts. How about that? And even in the city of Biloxi, they, um, uh, the city uh, has agreed to convert some uh, minimal use tennis courts into pickleball courts. And, and a lot of that is being done by donors. 
So uh, go on there and click on that. And uh, there's also a site on there called Ambassadors, okay? In the state of Mississippi, we have eight ambassadors. They're located in various parts of the state. But these, these folks are volunteers, but they volunteer to promote the sport and also help train people in it. And uh, so click on where the ambassadors are. Uh, On there, you can send them an email, and it'll go directly to them, and they'll respond, or there's some phone numbers. Um, And and so if you want to start something uh, in in Pickleball, I I would use those as my start point. Uh, There's a lot also churches that play. Um, uh, There's a number of parishes. matter of fact, I was recently playing the sport, and there was a couple of gentlemen from Jackson there, and they play at their church here in, in Jackson. So give that a shot. And I think you'll get a lot of help that way. And the other thing about it, if you're going to start pickleball in your community, the USPA uh, Pickleball Association, USAPA, they can provide grants to help you buy some of the equipment. Uh, And it's best to contact those ambassadors because they're going to help you weed through that grant program. Uh, The grants are only $250, but you can buy nets for, um, you know, approximately $150. And then balls and paddles are very reasonable. Very cool. Well, that's $250 you didn't have before, so that works. USAPA.org is the website, the USA Pickleball Association website. Very cool. And we'll have some stuff uh, on our uh, on the episode page for uh, this episode of Season Pass on our website, mpbonline.org. We'll have some information about uh, this posted there. Uh, Tom Linenberger. Yes, sir. I just got one. I want to make sure also those schedule places they have in Hattiesburg, uh, Tupelo, Purvis, Perkinson, and uh, they're soon to get something going in, in Madison. There are players up there. They've come down and played with us, Vicksburg. All of those are, are, are places that we're currently, there is some activity. Very cool. All right. So uh, that's it. I mean, you cover most all of the, 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 the bigger cities in the state. So it sounds like it's really starting to uh, catch on and expand. Tom Lindberger and Retton Mitchell, thank you so much for coming in this morning and talking uh, about pickleball with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jay. All right. We will take our first break of the day here. When we come back, we'll speak with Valerie Smith, firearms instructor and award-winning marksman, about shooting competitions in Mississippi. That's coming up next on MPB Season Pass. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. 
Many citizens of Mississippi may own a gun, but have you thought about shooting as a dedicated sport? Coming up on the program now, Valerie Smith talks about uh, shooting in Mississippi. Uh, Thanks for being on the show with us. Good morning, Valerie. Good morning, Jay. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. How long have you been involved with uh, the sport? I got started around eight and a half, nine years ago. It was just kind of um, something I've never tried before. Um, It's predominantly male sport, or it used to be anyway. Um, (laughs) But um, it was something that my husband was really interested in, and I wanted to spend more time with him. So I basically started going to the range just to kind of hang out with him and enjoy what he did and, you know, spend time together. And the next thing you know, it just developed into a passion that we both share. Absolutely. Now, I mean, you you said it was a male-dominated sport, or at least it used to be. And I see marksmanship. You are uh, a female. If I say marksmanship, am I I saying anything wrong or doing anything wrong right there? I I don't get caught up in that. Um, (laughs) Okay, good. I don't even get caught up in the titles. I don't know if I would consider myself a marksmanship. Um, Every time that I go to a competition, a match, whatever – I'm not competing against someone else or going to, per se, win a prize, although I am very competitive, but I'm trying to do my very best and to beat my last time or beat my last score. So it's more about competing with myself than my fellow competitors. All right, so you talked about beating your last score. So I see that there are, uh, my producer Liz told me that there there are three different types of categories of competition. How, how what are the difference in those, and how do you go about uh, acquiring a score? Well, now, there are three different types of competitions that I compete in. Mm-hmm. There are multiple um, gun competitions. However, I do the twenty two Precision Rifle for the state games, and... That is your in prone position. It's a precision um, shoot at 25 targets at 25 yards. And what you aim for is the X, which is about the size of a pin. You are not allowed to use any aids. Um, so it's basically elbows and a sling, and that's it. And um, the elbows take a beating. But um, <laughs> you have about 30 minutes um, in which to complete the 25 targets. And it is, it's grueling. Um, you're using muscles that you don't use every day. Um, so yeah, so when you say, you, when you say you're prone in the prone position, so you're basically laying down, uh, stomach down flat. That's correct. Okay. That and, is correct. And uh-huh. on your elbows. So, yeah, I understand. That's correct. So, you are the tripod for your gun, your body. <laughs> yeah. So no sandbags, nothing like that. Um, and then I do pistol competitions. Um, one of them is USPSA, that's United States Practical Shooting Association. That's more of a running gun thing. It's as fast and as accurate as you can be. I started with IDPA, which is International Defensive Pistol Association. That's more of a um, real-life, um, from-cover scenario. Um, I've actually shot out of a boat where you're sitting in a boat and and you're approached by bad guys, and you have to shoot at the target. Um, oh, wow. Sitting from a chair, um, running up and throwing a door open like you're entering your home, a home invasion scenario. So that's a lot of fun as well. Um, <laughs> and 
<laughs> I know, right? A home invasion is so much fun. No. <laughs> Well, not for them it won't be play out right exactly <laughs> the scenario that we play out is a lot of fun um and then there's my newest passion which is just oh my goodness i'm talking the most fun you can have legally and it is just i mean it's three gun that's mm-hmm. what it's called three gun competition now with the three gun competition you have different stages different yardage you can shoot anywhere from 25 yards to 450 yards you'll transition from you may start out shooting your shotgun and then you have to um, shoot so many targets once you're done you dump it in a barrel you grab your rifle you transition to that then you may be out 300 450 yards you get through with those hits, you dump that, you grab your pistol, and then you go to work on some more targets. So it's just you run, you have to use your brain, you have to use your body. It is just awesome. It is adrenaline all the way. How about that? And so one of the things that I I think is interesting uh, is that you don't necessarily have to be somebody who is – you know, super duper into uh, an outdoor lifestyle to enjoy this sport or necessarily be good at it, right? Right. That's right. And, you know, we we practice, we dry fire a lot at home because it does get expensive to buy ammo and all that good stuff. And, and there are times that I'm lazy and I'll sit on the couch and I have a laser gun and I'll practice from my couch. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. What a, that's awesome, though, that you can practice from your couch. That's right, and it's, I'm sure it's an interesting sight for the neighbors if they ever look in that direction. But <laughs> all right, uh, how popular do you think the sport is in Mississippi now? I know, I mean, there are tons and tons of people who mm-hmm. and who go and just recreationally shoot at ranges and clubs and right. things like that. And then there is the the the, the outdoor culture in Mississippi that is such a right. huge deal. Well, and I, I do. Um, when I first started shooting, I was usually the only female shooter and maybe a group of eight guys, something like that. So you could see it was pretty small, a pretty small event. Um, and recently, Three Gun Nation, um, you can go to YouTube and, and look at some of their matches. And it has just exploded, especially with youth participating now and more females coming on the scene it's just it's growing leaps and bounds every day and um when i say youth um i'm actually working with a female youth who is 10 years old she's not um old enough to compete in three gun nation yet Mm -hmm. but she's starting to learn to work with the weapons and um the proper techniques and safety and all that type thing so it, it is just and it's so much fun and i get so much pleasure out of seeing her mature and grow and do something that is just such an awesome thing you know it's just i can't say enough about the shooting sport right and you just talked about uh you know youth being involved with the sport Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about the safety involved i'm sure if there are people who are getting into it for the first time or you know maybe have children who have seen something and they want to get involved maybe parents think first thing is oh man how how safe will this thing be right and and i always advise and i myself am a firearms instructor so i when i teach a class safety is always involved um, it's very important. I would say that's where you start is your safety rules. You need to learn basic safety rules 
and before you can even advance into anything else. And with my young shooters, or actually any age shooters, because we have shooters all the way up to, I think, the oldest. Um, I like to call them our seasoned shooters. Um, <laughs> she was 72. And so um, what I like to do is I start with a wooden gun that is not even a real gun, and I just go over safety features with them. So you need to find someone who you can trust, who that you feel comfortable and confident with and and i would check with you know around with other people and ask about them as far as references and things and learn from them the safety techniques the basics then it is so important and i cannot stress enough because every match you go to is different so you also need to know the club rules or that match rules because they may want your gun up. This one may want your gun down. This one may say it has to be in a bag until you approach the line, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of aspects that people, they really need to hone in and do their research on the safety before they get involved. Because, you know, we always like to say if you leave here with the exact same amount of holes that you arrived with, it's been a good day. So we don't, you know, we don't want anybody <laughs> going home early. We don't want anybody disqualified we want everybody to have a good time but safety is always our main priority absolutely before let's go valerie uh if if folks want to get involved or uh have have been in the sport but want to be more uh, or join uh, you know more competitions be more competitive mm-hmm. in the sport how do they get more information where do they go to uh, find out more about maybe instruction or, or where tournaments right. are and things like that mm-hmm. Um, we have a Facebook page, which is Battlefield Shooting Range. Um, you can go on there, and we have a pistol match the second Saturday of each month. And then once a quarter, we have our three-gun matches. Um, and, you know, social media is a great tool if it's used correctly. And um, so you can really go in and put three-gun and then your area, let's say three-gun Jackson, three-gun Biloxi, and it will actually pull up where they're going to have the matches. And then usually the match directors are such awesome people that they give you everything you need to know um, from how much ammo to bring, which guns to bring. They'll even show you the stages kind of drawn out so you kind of know what to expect. They're all super helpful. This is literally the only sport I have ever been involved in or ever seen where you can go and say, you know what, I don't have a shotgun. And somebody will say, here, use mine. Oh, wow. You're out of ammo? Here, have some of mine. You can't go play football and say, I don't have any cleats. Can I borrow yours? Right. That's not going to (laughs) happen. But in shooting sports, they are just the best people you've ever met and so willing to help and, you know, just. They're just wonderful. So I really encourage everyone, if you don't want to shoot at first, that's okay. We love spectators. Come out and watch. Absolutely. And I bet that would be uh, a really neat spectator sport to see the skill involved. Uh, Valerie, thank you so much for your time this morning. We're going to put uh, links to uh, Three Gun Nation YouTube you mentioned there and Battlefield Shooting Range Facebook on uh, our episode page for uh, this episode of Season Pass at our website, mpbonline.org. Valerie uh, Smith, thank you so much for joining the program this morning. Thank you.
All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll speak with a representative from the Jackson Union of Disc Golf Enthusiasts. Judges is what they're called. Larry Yulman, who we know very well here at MPB in the building, he'll tell us about their upcoming tournament and how easy it is, or how hard it is, to learn to play disc golf. This is MPB Season Pass. I'm Jay White here with producer Liz Gill. We'll be back after this break on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Larry Ullman is with us here in the studio from the Jackson Union of Disc Golf Enthusiasts. Uh, he is also a television producer here, and uh, we know him well. Thanks for coming up, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. Hang on just a second. We gotta get to, uh, all right, right, red mic now. There, there we go. I, hey, thanks for having me, Jay. <laughs> Absolutely appreciate it. Um, disc golf, man. I, it, this is un- unlike a light. We're, we're trying to, I guess, I don't know, not uncover new sports. That's that's kind of a hoity-toity way of talking about it. But um, we're talking about a lot of sports that aren't like the big four that always get talked about in the newspaper and on television and stuff like that. Disc golf, unlike a lot of the ones we already talked about, I I mean I've I've met the craze of disc golf personally. Yeah. And and for a long time now, and I know unlike some of these other things that are just starting to catch on in Mississippi, disc golf has been a big thing in Mississippi for a while now. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of support from the, uh, the, the local parks and recreation in building some of the courses, and that really kind of builds the sport when you have a, a course here locally to, to attend to. All right, so, uh, you know, 10,000-foot view for somebody who doesn't know disc golf from any other kind of golf what what what's the difference what is disc golf well it has the same purpose as golf you're trying to get into the basket in the least amount of throws so the lower the score the better uh you're trying to uh get it into a basket it's a pole on the ground with a basket and chains mm-hmm. hanging down so it has to hit the chains and fall into the basket and then you hole out and that's um the distances for the holes i mean it's not it's, I mean, this is not a putt-putt course. These are long holes, a long way. Right. The average holes run from, like, say, 200 feet to upwards of five and 600 feet. And occasionally we have 1,000-foot holes. That's, that's wild. And it's not uh, – and this is – so I'm asking a little bit. But I, I learned recently that 
not all the discs are the same. It's kind of like golf where you can change those out. Is that correct? Yeah, they've customized the disc to have different performances. Your average throw from a backhand or from a right-hander is uh, typically the sciences. That is, it's, you throw it, it spins clockwise. As it's spinning, it holds out to the right. As it dies, as it slows down, it comes back out to the left. So you have that big hook off to the left. We yeah. call that a hyzer. And the opposite, if you throw from a right-handed uh, and it goes out to the right, that's an anhyzer. So those are the two terms we use when throwing. Mm. I got a hyzer or I got an anhyzer. There you and go. The plastic itself and then the profile of the disc is really important. So the profile of the disc determines how it's going to perform in the air. So you buy a disc based on the plastic and its profile. Okay. So... Um uh, a little bit about your involvement in disc golf and how you got into it and, and uh, you know how, how often do you do you uh, play? Uh, for me, it was it, being in television for 30 years, you know, this kind of be a sedentary sport, uh, sedentary uh, job, you <laughs> yes, know. very much so. <laughs> and so eventually, uh, I was working out in Vegas back in the 90s and I just decided, you know, I need to get out. So I started walking <laughs> in the parks for my lunch and then there was these baskets and like, you know, I remember seeing some about that back in the 70s, you know, I think you yeah. know, one of the sports stations had did a little a profile on it. I thought, well, I'll, I'll pick it up and try it. So I went out to a local sports store and bought a couple of discs and just at my lunch, I would just throw out the target and I'd actually play, just sit there by a target and see how you know accurate I could get it. And, you know, as the more you throw it and the more accurate you start getting, like, wow, this is this is pretty neat. Yeah. You know? So the you know, the joy of being able to put a disc somewhere near where you were actually trying to throw. Uh, you know, it kind of just builds the interest in it, and uh, the more you get into it, and the more distance you get, and the more accurate you get, it just you you get the sickness, and the sickness is, you right. know, yeah, yeah. The, the guys really get into it at that point. All right, so golf is uh, a maddeningly frustrating sport. Yes, uh, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think I will anyway. But anyway, um, I, I know that is. Uh, I heard. There's some classic quote about golf that it's um, uh, tools that are not designed to hit a round ball, and then you're given a round ball to hit in a teeny tiny round hole five miles away, and that's golf. All right, so that's extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. The difficulty level is high. How similar or not? to that is disc golf. The, we got a lot of former golfers playing disc golf because <laughs> because the learning curve is is a lot uh, shorter. I mean, within about three or four months of throwing pretty regular, two or three times a week, you're going to develop the skill set and the muscle set so that you're, you see the improvement a lot quicker than in, in regular golf. Uh, and you're going to see a lot more birdies, a lot more hole-in-ones in, in disc golf, uh, you know, and just because the the accuracy of it, you know, it starts to develop that, that you, you know, you really get the feel for it. Okay, uh, so the first hole-in-one, all right, that's 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 got to be a feeling like oh my gosh. you're about to just take off and start flying around, right? Yeah, 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 it's incredible. I mean, it, there's no hole-in-one that wasn't meant, you know, even if it hit a tree and went into the basket, you're, you're thrilled that it went in there. Uh, but yeah, the, you're going to see a lot more home ones in, in, in disc golf just, uh, just because of the, the distances. Liz asked a great question. Um, one of the things you hear in golf is you hear golfers talk about uh, how this course is awesome or that course is awesome, how this one is laid out, how this one is more challenging. You know, this one, um, this one is, um, this one plays longer or this one plays shorter or, or things like that. This one has more um, hazards and, or you know, this one plays more for uh, long hitters. 
How, how does that play out in disc golf? Well, typically disc golfers are looking for you know an intricate course that has particular shots through the trees, over water, up a hill, down oh, yeah. a hill. You know, playing in a in a parking lot's no fun. You know, just throwing it <laughs> straight. So we want we want to have shots that are more than just a straight shot. Uh, something that you have to work around trees and and really kind of you know show that you can perform with that disc and make it go you know in between those trees and over that water. So it's you know you don't want just straight holes. We want you know you know difficult holes that challenge you. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned that uh, over water. Uh, I was swimming in Lake Enid a couple of uh, months ago and uh, stepped on. Uh, they have a disc golf course on uh, in the park there, and I and while I was in the water, I stepped on something. I was like, "That's rather smooth," and I picked it up. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it was a disc golf uh, or a disc rather. So, um, in Mississippi, uh, how many different places are are well known or, or places that players love to play? Oh, all over the state, really. Uh, I mean, right, north and south, there's just uh, I, I, any number of courses out there locally here. We have uh, Pilahatchee Shore Park, Mm -hmm. the Res. Uh, I think that's one of the premier courses in that uh, pretty much all the holes, except a handful of them, you have uh, three positions, uh, pin positions. So it makes the course uh, adjustable. So we can make it a a fairly easy course right up to a very difficult course. We've got uh, Roosevelt State Park uh, in Morton. That's a wonderful course. It's beautiful. Uh, One of our more popular courses here is Crystal Springs. Mm-hmm. In Crystal Springs, that uh, um, that park there has got a lot of elevation changes, so it's oh, wow, really yeah. quite popular. You know, in that in Mississippi, you don't get courses with a lot of right. elevation changes. And it just there in, in Crystal Springs, we have a, a park there that you know has a lot of valleys and and, and water and things. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, there, there's just any number of courses throughout the state, and you can look at them up on online. And uh, if you just put disc golf in the Google, you'll find all sorts of listings on. on right. It. All right. So if somebody wants to step into the sport, uh, maybe they've thought about it, maybe they've seen it, and thought, I don't know. But now they hear this, and they're like, okay, I'm going to do it. How do they get involved? Uh, what, what are some steps they can take? Well, uh, I, I would recommend coming out and checking out our Sunday doubles. It, uh, it's always at the Res, uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday, and uh, it's a blind draw doubles. It's a great way just to kind of get introduced to the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be playing with, you'll be paired up uh, in a random draw with another partner. It's uh, best, you know, best shot. So you both throw one, and you, uh, whatever's the better, better shot, you play from that. And it's a great way for beginners to get in uh, and see, you know, the sport actually being played out, and plus not have to worry about, you know, oh, I, I threw a bad shot. Well, you've got a partner, hopefully they're, you know, carrying you up, uh, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's a good way to, uh, to get involved and get, uh, you know, get to see how the play goes. You could definitely go online and find starter packs, you know, get a couple three discs, you know, just to get going. Uh, it's fairly inexpensive that, you know, the price of discs run from 10 to $20 on an average. Yeah. So you can get a couple three discs to, just to start. And, yeah. You know, it's, you know, so the investment up front isn't, uh, isn't that much. Uh, later on, as you get the sickness, you'll probably be spending <laughs> lots and lots of money out there. Very interesting. All right. So the, the disc golf culture in Mississippi, you and I were talking before we came in. Um, uh, I, I mentioned remembering that Mississippi State had won a, a national championship. Yeah, the in very disc first golf. collegiate one. Yeah. And I, I asked you, are those guys kind of like legends? And you said, well, yes, but I mean, there are pro level players in Mississippi. So what's what's the, the competitive culture in Mississippi? How high up is it? How, how good are we? 
Ah, well, comparatively, uh, we've done really well. The judges uh, uh, do well in representing uh, here locally and, uh, of course, across the southeast. And we've had players go to world champions and, and such. So, uh, we, yeah, we've got some great players out there, especially the younger players that have gotten into it. Uh, you get you get a player that used to to play football or, or baseball; they've already got the arm. You yeah. Know? So mm-hmm. you know their development to to distance is a lot shorter than say us older guys that don't have the, the flexibility anymore. Yeah. Uh, so some of these younger players are really exciting to watch, and we've got uh, a couple, three now that are getting sponsored. You know, they've got sponsorships. I was going to ask you. I mean, I just, I, I've, a friend of mine in another place that I do some radio. Uh, I mean, he he's got visions of grandeur, man. He's going to go pro, and this is going to be his life. And I'm like, wow, okay, uh, that's awesome, dude. But I mean, that's I mean, how how. How much does – what's the word that I'm trying to find here? I mean, how much does that happen? I mean, what what kind of money can you get into playing disc golf? I know right. it's, that's very high, high level, you know, low percentage of people get up into that area, but – yeah, the, I was just reading. This is one of the top four uh, fastest growing sports in America right now. There's, and that's based on the amount of courses and players that are you know yeah. associating with the local clubs. So it's it's a fast growing sport. So uh, yeah, there are only a handful of uh, pro players out there really making a true living off of it. Yeah, uh, but I think that's going to change. I think they're really trying to push it to be like an Olympic sport. You know, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's gained such popularity that right now it's still at the infancy of of getting you know a pro circuit that is viable for an actual you know career. Uh, but they're up there, you know. Yeah. And, and the manufacturers have exploded in the last ten years. It used to be just two or three manufacturers. Now there's dozens, and each of these manufacturers are you know looking for sponsored players to represent their product. So as that builds. You know, the sport grows, right. and then the, the uh, availability for, you know, uh, opportunities for pros is building as well. So you're part of the Jackson Union of Disc Golf Enthusiasts. You mentioned judges earlier. Judges, that's, that's, yeah. uh, what is What all do they do, and, and uh, what's that about? Well, one thing I've noticed about disc golf, no matter where you go, it's the local clubs that, uh, you know, keep the, cl- uh, the local courses maintained, uh, and then they uh, run the, all the local mini tournaments and all the major tournaments. We've got one here this Saturday. The judges have got... Uh, a, uh, the Res Dog Tournament out at the Pilachi Bay. That's the Saturday. It's already booked up. We've got 90 players booked to go to play that. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a local, it's a locally supported sport in that if you don't have a local club, you might have a, a disc uh, course in the ground, but if there's not somebody maintaining it, picking up sticks, yeah. mm-hmm. keeping it clean, it doesn't, you know, doesn't get as much play. Uh, it's the local clubs that, that really sponsor these, these tournaments and these events that uh, draw attention to it. You know, and that's why I recommend it, no matter where you're at, uh, look it up and find a local club, get involved, and you'll find the enthusiasm there. The, you know, the people who just get the sickness for the sport come in and like, you know, what can I do to make the sport better? What can I do to make this event happen? And, you know, we don't have to recruit that so much as the, the sport recruits it. The, you know, they get, the, they get that sickness for it and they go, what can I do for this? Absolutely. All right. So if somebody wanted to, uh, is there a, a Facebook or a place that somebody yes. can? Uh... We're, we're on Facebook. The judges on, on Facebook. That's a great place to get information as so far as, you know, what we're doing this week or where we're going to be or, you know, what events are happening in the future. Uh, again, there's other sites to go to that you can look up for uh, events here locally in just the southeast area. Uh, so you know, it's there's a lot of information out there, and it's easily obtained because it is such a, a you know such a popular sport now that there's you know, any number of websites out there. 
Larry Yulman, Jackson Union of Disc Golf Enthusiast and MPB television producer. Thank you so much. Hey, Jake, uh, one was last I thing. To, I wasn't supposed to bury the lead right there. No. <laughs> well, one last thing. I'd like to shout out to uh, Jabba, uh, Doug Williams, and our thoughts and prayers with him. He lost his brother, Daryl, last night. Uh, he's He's been a mayor, uh, major uh, player in our in, in a representative of the judges, and uh, so our thoughts and prayers are with him. Indeed. Indeed. Glad you, uh, glad you took the time to say that. All right, we will take a break, and when we come back, last uh, quick segment here. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening this Thursday morning. Stay tuned. Uh, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is coming up next. Um, the sixth annual Pink Paddle Race is an Anything That Paddles charity race benefiting Pink Heart Funds. And uh, that's coming up uh, this Saturday. Starts at 10 a.m. at the Ocean Springs Yacht Club and ends at the Biloxi Yacht Club. So a little bit of a haul there. Be ready. Several categories. 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. is when that race is going to run. There'll be a party and live music following. So something to do this weekend on the Gulf Coast. Uh, coming up August 25th to the 27th, so a little bit away, about a month away from now, the Senior Men's Amateur Golf Championship at the Cleveland Club uh, will be going on. Registration closes Friday, August 18th at noon. So uh, there you go. The Mississippi Women's Golf Association Senior Tri-State Black Bear Golf Competition is uh, going on. The team event, August 19th and 20th. I hope they really don't have black bears on the golf course. Well, that would be kind of scary. Yeah, well, I would vote down for black bears. But that's going to be going on at Delhi, Louisiana. Am I saying that right? I think so. Towns in Louisiana always have some uh, reverse way of, well, anyway, no, I don't want to offend everybody. But, yeah, that's going on August 19th and 20th. Of the things that we did today on the show, Liz, what uh, what 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 do you think you'd be the best at? The shooting, the well, disc golf. I know the disc golf you're not supposed to use frisbees. That's like evil to say frisbee with the disc golf. Right. But uh, but we love frisbee. Our dog, oh, our dog is awesome at frisbee. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, I don't know. I think that I would be the best of the three at uh, pickleball. Watching the videos actually was kind of pumped up. I like, well, I want to really, I really want to try to play that. The disc golf, I think I would be inherently terrible at. 
uh, and the shooting, um, I think I'll go watch. <laughs> for the safety of all others involved. Uh, but this was a lot of fun today, Liz. Thanks for setting this up. And uh, we had some great guests today. Our thanks uh, to um, uh, Rhett Mitchell for coming on the program today. And Tom Lindenberger, they talked pickleball with us. Also, Valerie Smith spoke about uh, marksmanship competitions in Mississippi. And uh, then we had Larry Yulman uh, in the studio from the uh, the Jackson Union of Disc Golf Enthusiasts. Hey, we encourage you to uh, subscribe to our podcast, mpbonline.org. We'll talk to you next Thursday at 10, MPB Season Pass.